0: Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yosho Eisenberg. Where for today's she'er and issue, we are going to have a little bit of an overview of the topic of angels, and specifically angels as they are referenced in the Chumash, mostly in Sefer Bereishis, but many times throughout the Torah. And we're going to focus on what exactly is the nature of an angel. Is an angel? as it appears in Chumash and in Scripture, is an angel an actual being that people are able to see, that they can manifest themselves in a, in a visual way, or are they nothing more than prophetic visions? And really, we have to have a certain higher sense of, I guess, sensory perception, extrasensory perception, in the spiritual sense, to be able to witness them, and to see them, and to relate to them. And this, um, this issue I had intended to uh, give this shir last week, which um, featured the story of Yaakov Abino's encounter with the Ish, identified by Chazal as the Sara of Shal Esav, the guardian angel of Esav. Um, we know from the Navi, that in fact this was a malach even before we get to Chazal the Navi in Hosea specifies that this was an angel, but we seem to find an explicit machlokas in the Rishonim, and it's quite explicit when we get to the Ramban because there is a famous I think I think it's famous an opinion of the Rambam, and that Rambam is taken to task in a very harsh way in the words of the Ramban. And it's not just with regards to the angel that fought with Yaakov, that wrestled with Yaakov, Vayeyaveh Gishimo, but it's with regards with to all the other scenes in the Torah that have angels. And we find this conversation, this interplay, back in Parshas Vayera as well. That's originally where the Ramban discusses this issue. Um, where the Ramban brings up the comments of the Rambam, and I want to just go through these comments to sort of see what exactly is the shown rishonim about angels, and on what level they exist in this world, and what we're supposed to do with that information. But I think it's something that's very fascinating, and it's something that'll be relevant in other parashios as well, because there are no, um, there's really no shortage of of angels in Scripture. Um, you know, we have a lot of them in, say, for Bereshis um, In this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayeshev We know that Yosef encounters an Ish Who, once again, we have um, Chazal telling us That this is not just an Ish, but this is an angel It's the Malach Gavriel Sometimes in Chlamesh it's specified that it's a Malach Sometimes it's referred to as an Ish But the point is that wherever it is The Chazal tell us that indeed someone's encountering an angel The question is, what does that mean that they encountered an angel? And we'll explain a little bit um what that means in just a moment as we see the Rishonim. first let's thank our sponsors which have anonymous little Menachem, and Leib, Bas Avram, and Ben Rav Shlomo, they're And if you would like to make a sponsorship yourself, just reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com to make a sponsorship today. And also, if you'd like to be added to the database podcast WhatsApp group, where I send out weekly schedules and updates, and all the uploaded shiurim go there as well. So you can just um, reach out to me at the database at gmail to be a part of that WhatsApp group as well, where only I, the admin, make any comments at all. So it's not one of those noisy WhatsApp groups. It's just one of those informative WhatsApp groups to keep you um, uh, to keep you tuned in to the database, and you'll be the first to get all the new information. Okay, so anyway, let's take a look at what some of the Rishonim write on this issue. So I'm giving it to you from my Rebbe Sefer, of Yonason Sachs, who has written over 30 svarim and encyclopedic works on the Parsha where he, he um, compiles um, all the words of the Rishonim and the Achronim on the important issues in, in Chumash, so in his series Yamin Minkadem, so he has on Parshas Vayera. And this is a reference to Avraham Avinu's encounter with the angels. And he quotes from the Rambam, which is which can be found in Mura Nevuchim. It's in Chelek Beis Membes. So 242 in the Mura Nevuchim. That's the Rambam's philosophical work, where we find a lot of interesting philosophical pieces, naturally, by design. Um, and you, you get a lot of what the Rambam's position is on on all these different hashkafic issues as opposed to his, uh, his Yad Chazaka, his, his Mishneh Torah where we find all of his halachic um, in expositions and and in interpretations. So here we have a lot of hashkafa. Um, there are some hashkafa in the Mishneh Torah as well. But it's in Marnavuchim where the Rambam discusses um, this particular issue of angels, and what we're going to see is um, there's a machlokas, the Rambam and the Ramban, a very heated machlokas, and it's one of many, honestly heated machlokas and that or machlokos that Rambam and the Ramban share, and it's not just because their names are very similar, um, but because they have had very different opinions on certain topics, and this is one of them. So the Rambam writes, "Kavar biarnu," we already explained, "Shakal Malkam Shinizkar Riyas malach." Or diburo. Anytime we have the, the sighting of an angel or the words of an angel, this is only the appearance of a nevuah or a dream. You never actually have a little character running around with wings who's having real-life conversations, but it's happening in the form of a vision. So whether, so whether, whether it's um, explains in detail or not, not the point understand this very, very much. Whether the Chumash specifies that the individual saw an angel, or it only becomes implicit. It's only implicit, and we only understand that later. So for example, I guess would be that example where it doesn't say that Yaakov saw a Malach, but it becomes very clear, it becomes clarified that that was a Malach. So Rambam says, to me, that makes no difference. Whenever you find it, it's, or it's a dream of a nebuah. And this, this is the, the Rambam's position. And um, just to skip a little bit of what the Rambam says... So the Rambam quotes the Psukim in Vayera. So for example, Vayera love Vigomer. So there that was the introduction. When it says the Hashem appeared to Avraham What was that manifestation of that appearance? It was in the form of the angels. Meaning, what was the nature of the revelation, right? that Hashem appeared to Avraham. That was through the the visitation of the angels. The angels coming to his house so that, that was, so not like the Pshat that maybe we've learned for so many years that Hashem appeared to Avraham and then uh, then the, the, the Bikr Cholim was interrupted by the angels visiting, but no, the manifestation of that visitation, once again, was the Malachim that Avraham saw, that was the vision and similarly, that's how I would explain, Yaakov's wrestling match with the angel, this was all in the form of a vision, since there was, it's clarified later that there was a malach, just like the parsh of Avram, so, um, early, so when it came to Avram, it specified, and how was it so? It was so in that kind of way, in the form of the angels so says the Rambam look by Yaakov we have a, have a similar uh, phenomenon but it's not in the beginning but it's at the end of the matter Right, the Apostolic says that Malachi Elohim encountered him so says the Rambam how in fact did they encounter him so all of the Malachi Elohim that encountered him so, for example, the vision where Yaakov is telling angels to go to Esau, apparently that's only a vision. And the Yavasar Yaakov Levando also is part of this longer vision that Yaakov is experiencing, almost as if the entire beginning of Parshish Vayishlach was a trance. Okay, v'zehu ma'al-cheh el-ukim That's the ma'al-cheh that it specified about earlier. Oh, so actually the Rambam saying that the Ma'a, when it says at the end of of say that Yaakov encountered these Malachelukim, so that's what it's referencing. So the so it says Ah Yaakov encountered malachim. What did that look like? Read the beginning of Vayishlach to see what that looked like. The whole ha'avkos and the entire wrestling match, the hasicha halalu and all of the following conversation was all in the form of a visual prophecy. The kach parshas Bilam kula Bader, Vidivasan right um, uh, um on the road in the words of the she donkey calls Hanavua love because this is at the end of the of Hashem appear, that's how you have to understand it, the entire thing was a vision. And the, um, this, this is one of the reasons why the Rambam is seen by in you know in uh, contemporary scholarship and just contemporary hashkafa as as being one of the most rational of the Rishonim. We find a similar phenomenon when it comes to black magic in the Torah. So the necromancy of of the Egyptians, or the kishuf that the Chumash forbids. The Rambam looks at all of that and says it was all sleight of hand, it's all foolishness, it's all nourishkeit, it's not real magic, it's just the way it appears to the eyes, but it's all fake. We're going to see that the, the Ramban will take the Rambam to task on all of those things. Very, very interestingly the Rambam continues don't, don't think at all so basically the Rambam says don't think that it's anything other than that it's just, it's just a vision Are you, you, uh, you won't see a Malach running around and doing things because you're not a Navi unless Hashem gives you a then only then do you see a malach. So that's how the Rambam understands this, and apparently says my Rabbi, um, that the Radak has a similar approach. Says the Radak, Vitakin lafarish <laughs> ki kol ha'sipur ha'davar ma'ila ad ve'Avraham are going back to Avraham at the uh, um, in front of his tent in Parshas Vayira. So up until the point of the Avram Makomo, right Hashem, Hashem and Avram have that conversation about what's going to happen to Sodom, the whole thing was a, it was still all a vision. It's all one long vision, the entire beginning of Parshas Vayerah. The entire beginning of Parshas Vayishlach. Like a half or a big chilek of Parshas Balak, which is the, the Indian of Bilam. It's all, it's all The entire nevuah came to Avram at the time that he was sitting in front of the tent. So very, if you want to call it, rationalistic approach to these angel stories in the Chumash. And then comes along the Rambam. Sorry, the Ramban. So there, again, the Ramban has very harsh words for the Rambam. We see from Mara Nevu, Ham Nemar, Ki, Parsha, Kla, Lu, Pra, Amar, Kasa, Tchila, Kinire, Love, Hashem, and Mara, Hashem, everything, says the Rambam, quoting the Rambam, all of it is Mara Nivua. Echai sa Mara So the Ramban is quoting the story as it's reported in the Chumash. The Avram sees these three angels. Says, "If I find favor in your eyes, please don't leave." So, the first um, uh, thing that the Ramban doesn't like is the way the Chumash pieces it together. First Hashem appears to Avram, and then Avram's having a conversation. If it was just a Nebuah, he should have just seen, there's uh, it was just a vision, he should have just seen people eating meat. He wouldn't be able to have this conversation with them. So, the Ramban takes an assumption that, um, that the Rambam's words don't make sense because how is Avram having a conversation? So, you could argue that the Ramban and Rambam fundamentally have a machlokas of when you're experiencing an Avua, when you're experiencing a vision, are you able to interact with the vision that you see? And the Ramban is clearly assuming, no, you can't interact with the vision. And the Ramban is presumably assuming that, no, maybe you can, why not? But this is the first issue that the Ramban has. But there's an even bigger issue that the Ramban has. And that is, lo says the how do you understand the whole story of Sarah kneading the dough and then Avraham preparing the cow and then Sarah laughing or not laughing, right? At that point, it sounds like, oh, so really none of this happened, right? So Sarah never laughed. So when the Chumash says that Hashem rebuked Sarah for laughing, was that also all fake that didn't take place? It was all just a Nebuah? The, the entire thing was just a vision. Then what would be the toweles of telling us this whole thing about oh you know this this dream which portrays uh, Sarah in a negative light? Like what what what's the point of that? Like what do you get from that? Like also think about it is that even fair to Sarah? It's kind of like when uh, when you have a dream about someone and they do something wrong to in the dream all of a sudden you get mad at them. I know that's happened to me before someone had a dream about me and they got mad at something I did in the dream but I didn't actually do it it was a dream so is that what happened here? everyone's mad at Tzara for laughing or not laughing so what's up with that? okay and he continues and the angel wrestling with Yaakov so why in the world is Yaakov limping when he wakes up? Did he just, you know... Did, ya- did Yaakov just, like, start having... He started seizing, you know, and then he, he banged his leg, and then he wakes up and was like, oh, wow, that, that, that angel really got me good. And, like, his entire family's looking at him, saying, like, uh, Dad, you yeah, must have had a really bad dream. Like, you look like you were really, like, experiencing some real seizure, and you hit your leg very hard. Like, is that what happened? So Yaakov is saying that he got saved? From what? From himself when he was dreaming, is, is is this so that that the navi really thinks that he's about to die? He said he's experiencing dread that he's about to to die based on a vision that he saw. And Yaakov has already seen more than this previously in Parach Chav Ches Yud Gimel the Ramban says Yaakov already had an experience where he saw Hashem so this thing this particular little incident scared him more so says the Ramban this doesn't make any sense and the Ramban continues and the Ramban continues and, uh, he, so so far those are just the questions we didn't even get to the harshness of the Ramban and yet the Ramban keeps going how do you understand the entire flipping of Sodom Right, the, the angels came to his house. Were they there? Were they not there? Were 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 people yelling at him that he had guests? Right, we'll to that. Did they not come to his house? Did he not feed them matos? The whole thing was a vision. And are, are we assuming that low, just reached this really high level of Nivim? And you're going to tell me that all of the anche sedom as well, they were also Nivim too? Maybe you could say Hashem made a miracle special for them. How do they know that the people came to this house? Everything is in Lot's vision, so how do the people know about it? Unless you're going to say maybe that the entire story that happened in Sodom was Lot's vision, and that there were never wicked people that came to this house to try to stop him. Maybe that's how the Rambam would learn. I don't know. Run for your life! The entire thing was just a the entire parsha kula was a was a vision. It's telling me that everything just happened by itself and really happened without angels. There was anything any, any, any incident where there is angels is just a is just a vision. Now, everything that the Rambam is saying is just pasha going against the—it's its contradiction against the P'sukim. Says the Ramban, It's aser to listen to these words, even to believe them. Anytime that the angels referenced in Chumash, it's actually a being. There's really a character there that Hashem decided that would be visual to people. Anyone who sees an angel doesn't make you a Navi. And that's what the Ramban writes. So the Ramban basically says that, he basically says you're a kofer if you believe in this. And... That's a pretty harsh thing to say, and that really all the angels are true. All the angels are real beings. They're not just Nebuos, and you're not a enough to see an angel. So the question is, with the Rambam, uh, there are some really strong questions here. Right, like how, do you, how do you understand the Pashjah side of the story? Do we underst- how do we understand the conduct of Lot and the happenings, the actual account? Because right, not everything that happened with the Malach was exclusively with the Malach. There was a wicked people called Sodom, there were people banging on Lot's house because they thought there were guests there. So, how in fact do we understand this? How, we, how do we understand it with with Sarah laughing? So, before we get to that, let me just continue with the words of my Rabbi. <speaking in Hebrew> Of Mara, of so we have in the case of Lo, we have Yaakov and Menoach. So we have to try to understand exactly the Ramban's position, where he gets us from. That every time that we have the seeing of a malach or the hearing of his words, it's specifically a Chalom, Um That that. Where, wherever again wherever someone sees a malach or hears a malach that's a dream or a nevuah. but wherever it says that the malachim are interacting as people right b'shem anoshim so then those are that, that's a reference to to actual actions now if you look um, we have to try to you know the, the, the Rambam is very respected so just to defend the Rambam, the Rambam a little bit so we have the Ritva. So the Ritva was actually a Talmud of the Ramban. Listen to what the Ritva, the Ritva says in Sefer HaZikar, which Mary be quotes in Parshav HaYehira. So he tries to sort of defend the Rambam a little bit. And he says at the end of his words, roi mashakinats Says the Ritva, I can't go against the Ramban. My Rebbe says it this way that, that this was an actual, uh, this was an actual event. This wasn't just a nevuah. Ach, however, says the Ritva, Chemlasi l'siyal rav hamorazal veal I I I pity. I have mercy. Uh, my my mercy is aroused for the Rambam and his efforts. Kikol Dvarav divarav shemayim uvechach Everything that the Rambam says, he does it Lashem shemayim, and he does it with great chachma. Mishainly. Basically the, the Ritva says that the Ramban can say as he pleases, and you know the Ramban the Ramban doesn't need the Ritva's haskama, But the, but the, the Ritva still um, um, shows his respect to the Ramban. Now my Rebbe writes a little bit more, he quotes the Griz, the Khidusha um, Griz, the most one Salvechik, al Torah. so he says, um, the when it comes to Avraham the reason it says Vayar twice is apparently a reference to both kinds of of Navuos. That he says, the Khan So interestingly, almost to be Miyashev, the Machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban, so the uh, the the Grizz suggests that it says Vayar twice by Avraham to demonstrate that Avraham had a visual nevua, but there was also something happening in real time. That apparently you have to say that there was some actual story that took place, otherwise you have all the Ramban's questions. So we have the Ramban saying that the Rambam is basically a kofir, or at least the, the, this piece of the Rambam is, is, is kafira. Maybe not that the Rambam is a kofir. But there are times, for example, where the Ramban will say regarding the Rambam that his Aristotelian philosophy, um, you know, he's been drawn by the philosophy of the world to make mistakes in, in, his, in his Hashkafa. And he says this, I believe, when it comes to the union of black magic in Chumash and uh, things like demons and all those kinds of things where the Rambam um, says that these things are not actual things, they have no mamoshes to it, and the Ramban says, no, they, 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 these things don't exist anymore, but they did. And at the time where there was Navua, and at the time where there was higher level and sensitivity to kedusha and Tahara, there were also these powers, these koach um, of the tuma that existed in the world. And so there was black magic as well. And says the Ramban, because of Rambam's uh, being drawn by uh, by this Aristotelian philosophy and all these Gaisha hashkafos, so the Rambam has made some mistakes. So, well, a couple of things that you get here is even though the Rambam is reasonably respected, certainly I would say in uh, in modern Judaism and um, in, um, in, uh, you know contemporary circles, you know we can't think of any any or, or, um, we could think of only three Rishonim that we would classify as possibly being greater than the Rambam. Rambam might be the greatest Rishon, but Ramban is definitely up there, and Rashi is definitely up there. But Rambam, whom many refer to as the most rational, so the Ramban would say that's not rational, that's just kfira. And so you should understand that where there's a Rambam, there's also a Ramban. So before we, you know, before, before we immediately subjugate ourselves, and I think this is an important Ashkafa. before we immediately subjugate ourselves to whatever it is the Rambam says, because that resonates the most with us, we should realize that there were staunch, staunch Rishonim against the Rambam. And so you know, for someone who doesn't take this quote-unquote rationalistic approach, Maybe because, you know, they they, they lean more towards, if you want to call it um, mystical, you know, that there were certain mystical realities that really existed that don't necessarily conform with nature as we see it today. But that's not coming from a place of being irrational, but it's coming from a place of perhaps um, being um, trusting of other Rishonim who, once again, believe that, that which the Rambam is saying is Kfira. So you know, a little bit of humility would be in order before we just assume that you know that that the Rambam's method is the only way for you know uh, for for rational Jews to think. Um, so there's there's that piece of it, but I I do think that um, the the Rambam's questions, his strong questions on the Rambam, deserve some kind of rationalistic answer. So what you know, now I've put a lot of thought into this. How could it be? as the Ramban asks, that all these stories didn't really take place, that they're just in vederach nevuah, and what would be the toalets for teaching them? So I think, similar to what the griz was suggesting, what my, my Rebbe quoted Basham the Grizz, you have to maybe suggest that even within the Rambam, there are certain aspects which were, you know, which were, were clearly communicated by nevuah, and you have to be a little bit creative to explain how the variables in the stories that took place indeed, took place even outside of nevuah. So, for example, when it comes to Avraham and Sarah, so, you can suggest that Avraham had a nevuah, and that Avraham did indeed tell Sarah to bake these cakes, these matzos, and maybe Sarah never saw the guests. right? So maybe Sarah never saw the guests, but Avraham sees a nevuah, and he's giving instructions to Ishmael and Sarah, and they're following the instructions. And so Avraham's actually doing things. And then Avraham is conversing in the nevuah, and Rambam's assuming, apparently, that you can do that. And in this conversation, Avraham asks, um, or Avraham has a conversation and hears about the news that he's going to have a child. And it could be that Avraham responds to this news, and Sarah maybe overhears the conversation. Maybe. And then she laughs in real time. So maybe you could say something like that took place. Now when it comes to Lot, maybe you could say something similar. I don't know. Maybe that Lot has this vision of the angels who visited. And Lot's conversing with them in his home. But again, they're not really there. It's just a vision maybe. Maybe. And the guests overhear this conversation People are hearing the conversation, like, what in the world is going on here? And they say, hey, why do you have guests in your home? Now, they were stricken with blindness, so that could be a miracle in its own right. But the fact that Lot is dragging his family out of the house can be that he was compelled by the nevuah to act, and Hashem ultimately destroyed Sodom and Lot's wife along with them. Maybe you could say something similar for Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, he was kind of entranced when he, when he stepped back. And maybe Hashem caused a pain in Yaakov's side, and in Yaakov's vision, it was manifest as a wrestling match with this angel. But of course, in real time, Yaakov was given a certain pain, because you you can't really avoid that, that Yaakov actually um, was stricken somehow. So Hashem can give someone a pain, and the Chumash calls that a malach. Right, and you could say similar, some some similar kind of situation for Bilam, that that the donkey stopped. No, you know, the the reason was not explained. Then the Malach speaks through the donkey, you know, that Bilam has a vision of the donkey talking, and then, and then, and then Hashem kills the donkey. And you could explain a lot of these things making it in a way that's not only Darach Nevuah, where it incorporates real life action. And maybe that can be a way um, to understanding these different stories of the Malach. And what we can do with this information in our own lives, you know, so we, we don't know what in our life is actually, you know, just quote unquote real life happening and where it is that Hashem is sending Malachim to do things. You know, I kind of think of the, the, the Chazal about uh, when. Uh, Achash has his servants reading him from the Chronicles, right? the, the Sefer HaZichronos, and the, every time that the servant tries to get rid of the information, to hide the information about Mordechai having done good deeds for Achash Verosh and saving his life, so every time he tries to erase it, the Malach writes it back. Every time he tries to turn the page, the Malach turns it back. Is it a Malach? Is it a wind? Maybe it's just a wind. But Malachemar, Hashem's way of navigating in this world. And, you know, there was one time where I was uh, working on a really long essay, um, Dvar Torah, and it was really good when I worked really hard on it. And then the day the day after, I couldn't find it in my files, and I was sure that I saved it. I was sure that I clicked save, but I couldn't find it, and it was gone. And so I had to, you know, re- rewrite the whole essay. And, you know, I was thinking like, you know, I could look at it. That, you know, for whatever reason, I just maybe I forgot to save it. and I didn't notice. Maybe a malach. Deleted the file I don't know And You know However we could explain it But Hashem navigates in the world And we don't know How many Malachim are Interacting with us But the point is That Hashem has many ways Of interacting with us Malachim are just Hashem's emissaries And um, no, Not to say that I was Zohar To have an experience Of a Malach But we don't know You know How, how The little ways That Hashem in, engages With us in this world Does it have to be B'derech nevuah? I don't know, maybe not necessarily, but maybe malachim is just something that is a reality in our world that we experience all the time and we just don't notice it. But I thought that this was an interesting uh, conversation to have and an interesting machlokas Rishonim to see, which gives us um, a certain level of of a sense of the gravity of how the Rishonim related to these interesting concepts and the, the strong hashkafos that they, that they expressed regarding them. Anyway... That takes us through this uh, Real Talk Torah. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the Database.